Welcome to Funeral Gurus Radio. I'm your host, Robin Heppel, from FuneralFutures.com. We're continuing our Tech Track Tuesday series of pre-conference interviews for the ICCFA annual convention that is going to be held in San Antonio, Texas, from March 10th to 13th. Today's guest is Tara Hunt, author of The Woofy Factor, and who is located in Montreal, Quebec. Tara, are you there? Yes, I am, Robin. Thanks for having me. Hey, this is this is great. Now, Tara, um, you know you're um, you're going to be pre- be presenting at the uh, ICCFA convention, and maybe just for some of the people within the industry who haven't heard um, you know heard of you before, could you just maybe give a little bit of background about yourself? And I got to ask, what is a woofy? <laughs> yeah, well, it's, it's generally the first question that people ask, So, and I'm glad you did. Uh, well, I've spent uh, the last uh, now 11 years in sort of the online marketing space, um, but I've been online, uh, participating in online communities, so early um, uh, Usenet groups as well as uh, IRC, which is Internet Relay Chat, these like funny little mm-hmm. uh, text-based chat rooms way back when. Old school. Uh, old school, yeah. <laughs> uh, I started that in around 1992, 93. Um, so, uh, gosh, like that's what, 17, maybe 18 years <laughs> that I've been <laughs> online. Uh, I'm stating myself, of course. But, uh, you know, I started actually for a totally different reason. Um, I was pregnant at the time with my son. Mm-hmm. And I was I was young, I was 20, and I was scared out of my mind. Uh, I didn't know what to expect. I didn't, you know, the whole the books that they give that they give you are not uh, incredibly uh, diverse. So things that were happening that weren't in the books, I just didn't know what to do. And these online communities really helped me because I was able to connect with other mothers, um, other parents that. We're like, oh yeah, that's totally normal. No problem. Don't call the doctor every day. You know, that's that's cool. Uh, and then when he was, when my son was little, same thing. So it started out with a really personal connection to online communities. And then after school, uh, where I took um, culture and communication studies, you know, went into the marketing world. And because I had already had all this experience in the sort of the online realm. Uh, I just jumped right into the online marketing space and have been there ever since. But the funny thing is I didn't really make the connection between my community involvement and the marketing part until uh, much later in my career. It would have been about 2003, 2004 when I was uh, blogging and that was sort of transpiring as this really amazing medium for connection, but also we were learning more about the business and these ideas around um, how uh, word of mouth was traveling through uh, blogs at the time. Um, you know, there, there was Friendster, uh, but that was sort of, it wasn't necessarily a very trustworthy site. They went down a lot when they, when they started to grow. Mm-hmm. Um, but there were a lot of, you know, a lot of people would, talk to each other you know who do you who do you use to you know be your dentist who do you who would you go to uh if you needed a counselor that sort of thing we, we were talking about that stuff and and getting great advice and it occurred to me uh through that as well as through reading a book called the clue training manifesto many years earlier that this was 
this was going to become more and more powerful as more and more people moved online. So, um, yeah, I really started to push this idea of online marketing um, and started to use it and saw a lot of success with the startups that I was using. Um, I moved down to San Francisco in 2005, working with a startup and applied fully the principles of this, you know, let's let's build connections and be open and transparent and uh, available for people uh, and build trust with mm-hmm. them. And uh, that was hugely successful. The company that I was with when we launched, we had you know, 20,000 registrants the first day and uh, a million uh, photos uploaded in 24 hours. So, and there was no traditional sense of marketing. There's no ads in papers, on radio, no billboards, uh, <laughs> no PR firms called, nothing. None of that was engaged with that. It was all one on one at a time, sort of, or one to a couple at a time, um, relationship building. Mm-hmm. And uh, so then I was approached by a, a publisher or a literary agent saying, you should make a book out of this. And I had no clue. <laughs> like other than, well, you know, just it's like being a good neighbor. I didn't really know until I came across a book called Down and Out in the Magic Kingdom by Cory Doctorow. And it's a science fiction book. It takes place in the future. And um, it, basically there's no money left. There's this thing called Woofy. This is where Woofy comes into place. Um and I can ping your woofy and I get back a score. And if you have a high score, I know that you're trustworthy. You probably have a good network of people. You've probably done cool things that I should pay attention to. You know, you're the type of person that I want to work with, hire, be friends with, that sort of thing. And it occurred to me uh, when I was reading this book that this is, this is how we interact in online communities today. We're pinging each other as woofy. I know that sounds really weird. <laughs> we're, we're pinging each other as woofy all the time, right? I'm, I, when you contacted me, for instance, to do the interview, the first thing I did was I went to funerfuturist.com, started looking around, reading, you know, watching, uh, listening to some of your podcasts, watching some of your videos, um, reading some of your articles and I was really impressed. So I pinged your woofy. I got back a high score as far as like what you were, what you were doing in the world. So, and you probably, when you, you know, heard that I was speaking, did the same thing, right? You came, mm-hmm. you looked out and that's, that's what we're doing. And that's how we, you know, that's one of the things that we grow trust with. So the idea of the woofy, uh, factor was, you know, how much, if somebody pings your woofy, right? If somebody Googles you or goes to your website, what are they going to find out about you? Are they gonna, they're going to find out enough to help them trust you, to know that you're the person that they want to work with or hang out with or, you know, whatever level they're looking for. Cool. Well, I've, you know, I've, I've, I've never heard it that way until, you know, taking a look at your, um, like taking a look at your website and, and, um, and it's kind of neat that now that you've explained it that, yeah, you kind of have this um, kind of this grade or the score and then you can just say, yeah, what's your, you know, what's your woofy kind of thing? And or okay. or maybe it's just an internal uh, metric that you use when when you're doing your outbound you know research. Say, oh, OK, well, you know, on a kind of on a trust level, 
you know, I give them a woofy of this. So, okay. That, yeah, uh, well, I mean, it's, it, I think of those that um, have internet connections, which is actually quite high in the U.S. now, it's up to something like 74% or something that have some sort of internet connection at home and even a higher percentage have access through uh, either public or work machines as mm-hmm. well. It's like people of uh, that group, something in the 90s, I think 93%, um, I was reading lately, uh, research everything online first, right? They're, they're doing a, you know, a Google search or, or if they're on social networks, they're posting a question to their friends. So they're, they're constantly um, pinging woofy. And if you're not present in that, if you don't have any, if you don't have a score, if you're not present in it, then it's, it's, it's harder to find. And the Yellow Pages, um, uh, you know, wonderful resource years ago, but uh, nowadays there's much richer information. The Yellow Pages just does not include a Woofie score, right? It doesn't include no. co- comments from people saying, you know, this business is great or I got ripped off by this business. It doesn't include that, whereas if you search online, it does. And I think, too, especially in, you know, today's economy, people are, you know, just even more aware and they, um, you know, they just don't take what, you know, it, it doesn't matter how much money a f- company could throw at something. They're going to, um, you know, kind of go behind the scenes and, well, not really behind the scenes, but just, you know, look online and do a bit of their own research. And and now it, it you know, it doesn't it doesn't really take that long to to kind of build up, a, you know, a whoopee score on someone. You just, as you said, Google them, you know, check out their uh, you know, maybe some of their profiles on different social networks. See if there's any reviews on their company, and yeah. and um, yeah, kind of go from there. Absolutely. So you're going to be um, at uh, uh, at the convention in uh, San Antonio. You're going to be presenting building your social network with social capital. So what um, what social capital? Like I I think we're we're kind of getting there, but there. You know, we're we're dealing with um, you know, funeral home and cemetery owners and managers, and and also um, funeral directors and that. And usually, it's you know just because these are old established bricks and mortar businesses or big asset businesses such as a cemetery. You know, those you know capital has always been those items. Right. Can you blend that or bring bring us over to the social side? Yeah. So you know. Uh, related to what I said before, you know, people are looking to uh, find more information than they were when the yellow when when we only had the yellow pages to exist, right? Um, we've all always gone for word of mouth, so um, no matter what, uh, I think a lot of people have probably picked their you know funeral homes, their funeral directors, that maybe if they're using a church, that sort of thing. Um, to give the services for their loved ones. They've picked those through experience or through word of mouth as well. But nowadays, um, uh, you know, with all the, the, the choice that's out there as well as, you know, this is, this is a really, um, I've had, I've had family members pass away and it's, it's a harder choice than, um, almost anything that 
you know, we, we were faced with, right, is where do you pay the greatest respect to that person whose life, you know, was so rich and full and now you've lost them. And uh, you just want the best at that point for uh, for your loved one. And when, uh, when we bur- buried my uncle a couple of years ago, um, there was this huge, like, family fight almost over the funeral home that we wanted to use, right? Uh, and there was so much choice. And uh, it actually, it, it wasn't like online stuff, but it was uh, a funeral home that provided all sorts of uh, customer reviews and videos. They had videos at the time. This is not posted online uh, at that point because it was five or six years ago. But they had videos that they had on a CD-ROM for us mm-hmm. where they showed some of the beautiful uh, montages they did and that sort of thing for uh, the service. And that, you know, just think of the power of that online. So when somebody's looking around at, uh, you know, what the funeral home offers, the, the past sort of um, – uh, work that they've done to make loved ones feel uh, like the, their loved one's uh, life was really being honored. So that's one uh, dimension of, of, of course, what I'm going to talk about is the trust. The, the trust factor is really necessarily high, I would imagine, for your industry. Mm-hmm. And uh, what better way to build it than um, through a lot of these community tools, which trust is at the base of but also an interesting question has been coming up in our um, sort of in the circles of those of us who have participated for many years creating a lot of content in online communities and that interesting question and I don't know uh, how much you've dealt with this but um, what happens so if you know if tomorrow um, you know I was something was to happen to me uh, God forbid um, I have, I mean, I've lived a lot of my life online. I've created a, a rich story of who I am, what I believe in, who I've connected to, uh, hopes and dreams, sad times. Like, it's my life story is in bits and pieces on Twitter and Facebook and my blog and back when on MySpace and Friendster when that was around the way, way back to the Usenet groups. So, and Flickr and whatever else, right? YouTube. There's this, there's this rich story of who I am. And I'm not alone in that anymore, right? Mm-hmm. Like there's 350 million people plus <laughs> on Facebook these days. So what a big impact that is. And people are posting links of articles that matter to them. They're posting their thoughts of the day and what they're, what they're sort of up to, uh, what, what they're thinking about, questions of, you know, in, inquiries they're making to their friends. They're posting photos of, of great times, of things they laugh at. You know, there's so much content there about everybody's lives. And so what happens if, if tomorrow uh, something happens to me? What happens? Like, I have my passwords in my brain. I don't, I don't, don't, I don't write them down anywhere. Um, 
and there's no one most of these the only company that I know uh, the only social network I know that has anything in, in place today is uh, Facebook where you can apply to be sort of the custodian of of your loved one's Facebook account mm-hmm. but how do you know what my wishes are as far as like what happens with that content because most people are like well we just need to shut it down there's there's a person's life story or pieces of a person's life story in those contexts. So there's been a lot of actually discussion about this lately. Um, and it's, I think it's fascinating and interesting when we think about, um, not only like social capital for, uh, for, uh, funeral homes themselves, for, for, uh, cemeterians, that sort of thing, but there's also, this idea of how do you handle the uh, person's life social capital that they've started to build online. And uh, I don't know, it's going to become more and more um, interesting, I think, to see how uh, well the um, funeral industry can really help facilitate that. And who better to come in at that point when I think way back when when we buried my uncle um, they helped guide us through this process of pulling together photos and the favorite song and and stuff to create this this beautiful slideshow uh, for the audience that you know just reminded us of that person so now we have more than photos we have thoughts and feelings and connections and this awesome rich content how do we like tell the story of a person's life with their their content and then honor it online maybe i do want my account shut down maybe i want it to stay open forever as you know my legacy i don't know yeah there's um well there, there's a, a few kind of a few things happening there one probably at some point we're um you know, we're going to need to ask those questions kind of in that estate planning process. You know, what do you want done with, um, uh, you know, those kind of online memories? We, in within the industry, we're trying to educate people during their estate planning process. So, you know, these are people who are kind of 55 and over on, you know, how are you preserving your, your memories? And usually those are... Uh, you know, those kind of mementos or trinkets or, you know, and then photo albums and things like that. But yeah, you're right. What about the, the kind of the virtual mementos and, and things? And that probably needs to be, um, you know, broached with them in some form of conversation. And, and probably I would, I, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm guessing that there could be a, um, something, although, you know, they do have that where you can try to tie all your, the, your profiles together, but you know those are kind of all always ongoing. Where this kind of you know this kind of stops, but you'd want to be able to. It'd be nice to go to a place where you could go and and look and remember and and um, with everyone with everything being right there. Yeah. But but the 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 real um, interesting or well and just a just a kind of like a, a gold mine for. Um, for the people who are actually conducting the service. Uh, and I've tried to share this with, um, 
with with families and and with funeral directors too is it because it, especially with younger people but so if someone dies uh you you can let them know because they'll say well you know we didn't know what you know because no one you know especially someone in their 20s or 30s didn't really probably talk about their you know what they want for their funeral or you know even what yeah, song exactly. whatever song they wanted played or that type of thing but if um you know for that kind of short term between the time of death and the time of the service all of those all of those items as you said Tara serve as a just a wealth of insight into someone's personality and who they were and who they were connected to and and you you can probably get a little bit of a um a real feel even I'm sure parents would would kind of get a different sense of um you know of of their kid you know because like Wow, it look you know I never knew this Twitter thing, but it, it looks like you know Rob was just always kind of helping people out, giving them you know suggesting some advice and things like that. I didn't really know that about them, kind of thing, right? So the, it can serve as um, as a bit of a repository for to help the funeral directors and the clergy or whoever's officiating to make the service as as meaningful as possible. And yeah. and now more and more. When uh, when you go to a service nowadays, the the clergy will actually reference the um, you know by reading the condolences on the funeral home's website or you know looking at their Facebook profile you know those types of things they they've now started referencing those those online communities in their um, in their eulogy so it's um, you know that part's kind of already being used. But um, but yeah, you've you've posed another question for us to to tackle coming yeah. up here in the future. Yeah, well, I mean, there's there's there are so there's so many levels to the preserving somebody's memories. It's not just um, yeah, not just like knowing them, but also yeah, you know, what happens afterwards. I don't know if you've heard of there's this great um, I think there's probably other services like this called Blurb. Have you heard of Blurb? No, I haven't. So Blurb, um, uh, and you know, just occurred to me now, and I don't work for them or never have, but you know, you can create books, uh, your own books basically for people out of Blurb, and I think they have um, ways that you can feed in uh, Flickr photos and feed in tweets and stuff as well. Um, probably there's something to do with Facebook, I would imagine as well that you could feed in all the content and then sort of pick and choose the right content to be, to make a book and they have different sizes. You can have like the smallest one, I think it's 14 pages or something. And the biggest one, you can have a big coffee table book mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, these sort of things, uh, and how they're connected to people's online presence are probably really great ideas for preserving, um, memories because who knows how long these services will be around right who knows you know this myspace was the big thing now nobody talks about myspace friends are previously i mean they're still there my accounts are still available but nobody goes to them anymore and where's the content you know down the line um your loved ones uh you know preserving their memories in a printed book that you can give to fellow uh um you know, fellow family members and friends that come to a service would be pretty amazing. Yeah, well. for yeah. sure. Well, I'll, uh, I'll check that out for sure. That, um, 
Yeah, that sounds neat. Just just as a resource, right? To uh, yeah, yeah. to do that. Neat. Yeah. Well, <laughs> kind of. Um, yeah, we went pretty, way off. But, oh, yeah. that's that's okay though. But these are the things that I've been thinking about. I mean, I'm just I'm still working crafting um, exactly how Woofy like Woofy is being social capital is the basis of um, so much of. Uh, of how these online communities have so much power, um, but it's all connected to this just being human thing. I think it works. When I, you know, of course, when I was first invited to come to San Antonio and speak, I was like, wow, what, what would I be able to say to the ICCFA, <laughs> right? That's, wow, okay. Um, and then my second thought was like, actually, this is the perfect industry uh, to really understand the humanness of the online communities, right? A lot of businesses and a lot of business associations look at this as, ooh, rubbing our hands together. (laughs) What a rich resource for uh, marketing, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, Oh, look at all these people that, you know, can push our push our messages out to that sort of thing, whereas uh, the ICCFA, right? The it's it's there's multi levels of trust and human connection that is so necessary to businesses there. So it's not just like let's push our message, right? It's about how, who can we connect with, and that's that's fundamental to online communities. So how I'm working on connecting all the dots of, you know, gaps in online communities that are needed that the, you know, anybody who's part of the ICCFA, I'm, I'm practicing be able to say that fast enough, uh, <laughs> is, is able to, uh, you know, is, is actually in the perfect position to help with that. Well, do you think, um, could you maybe just give an example of, um, and maybe just kind of refer back to your, um, you know, to the time that when your uncle died, how, because the question that I'm sure uh, we're going to get on the, um, on the panel or something like that, well, how do I, you know, how do I do community marketing if, you know, I'm just a small town funeral director or, or the manager of a, you know, of a small cemetery? How, how do I do that? Like, it, this sounds great, but what what's the first thing that I do kind of thing? Well, you know, so in a, a lot of people bring up small towns, right? Because, oh, well, it's not the same volume. And the, the marketing is different, right? Because, um, <coughs> pardon me, it's not about marketing, right? The, in a small town, the most important thing to do is to personally connect with um, people. I was raised in a small town. I know that you knew everybody. You knew the people that owned the grocery store. My dad was a local veterinarian. Like, he knew everybody by name. Um, Quite often participated in a lot of the same community events. So that's what happens in a small town. So, you know, oh, well, how how does this online community world actually... Um, makes sense. Well, it's not necessarily then about outreach, right? Which a lot of businesses assume is like the first, 
the first step to using online communities. It's um, uh, quite a bit, uh, you know, like the opposite direction. It's number one, and this, these are sort of the principles of Wolfie as well, is, you know, turning the bullhorn around, is listening. So a small town funeral director will be able to, uh, you know, subscribe to funeral futurists, right? Or subscribe to all these different um, cutting edge in the industry uh, blogs and tweet streams and that sort of thing uh, to find out, you know, what's happening, what, where are people going, what can he add or she add to this, uh, to their services. Um, also, uh, can start to you know track things and listen to people and what their hopes and dreams are and and when they lose people like get a really good sense of um, of just like where people are in their um, thoughts and feelings I guess about uh, life and and uh, death and legacies and that sort of thing and there's all sorts of tools for listening to certain keywords that are happening so you get a good sense of of where people are going and what's possible right so taking um this this you know maybe the standard service and and adding all sorts of amazing um um services to it so i think i saw a video on your site uh a woman from actually sounded like a small town uh who uh, was talking about this and talking about, you know, how she um, goes and really finds out more about um, the loved ones that have passed away and how they create this service around that. Uh, so, yeah, that's the first part. It's like listening. And then and then we get into becoming part of the, the communities uh, you serve. So... Understanding the mediums, understanding you know uh, why people are gathering in that way. Um, but I would also say, especially in a small town, get offline and and out and about and um, becoming part of the community there by not using social media tools as much as being part of the local community that you're part of. I know my father who. Um, grew his uh, vet business in uh, Sundry, where I was raised. He spent a lot of time being part of community events and uh, contributing back. Um, we went to every single, you know, theater production, and they had this small um, group of aspiring actors in, in our little small town that would do uh, seasonally would do theater productions. My parents went to every one of those, uh, you know, what, whatever fundraiser. And because of that, he grew trust in the community. And so people were, would come to him more, more frequently. Same with, I would imagine, uh, local funeral director. You see them more often there in the community. And I know that sounds very anti-social media, get off, off them, but the same principles apply, right? And then, uh, you know, the next, the next principle is create, uh, amazing customer experiences. And I think with the, what you can learn from the first two pieces, you can really, uh, learn to go above and beyond. Create funerals that people like talk about in, in, um, 
happy, uh, taken care of ways forever, right? So, um, that no matter what, you know, if there's, if there's three funeral homes in, or, you know, there's other choices as well in a small town that, uh, they know that from, from word of mouth, from their, uh, from their friends locally that, you're going to be taken care of and is something that uh, you in particular as the funeral director who really has a finger on the pulse can really bring that extra special service uh, to others. Embracing the chaos is the next one, the next sort of uh, principle. And, you know, this kind of, um, I don't know, it, it applies and the reason that I have it uh, as one of my principles uh, for big companies. But I think, um, you know, sometimes uh, in traditional industries um, that, you know, there's a lot of sensitivity around that, uh, you know, it's it's kind of hard to um, break out of the, the standard sort of routine. And embracing the chaos just means that, uh, you know, and I think in this case, you, you're honoring, when you're honoring somebody's life, that, uh, you're open basically to, um, whatever that might look like. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, finding your higher purpose, I think that's pretty built into, um, into uh, a service, you know, where uh, you're really helping people get through their grieving period. That's, I mean, that is a very noble <laughs> career to be part of. Um, and uh, uh, so I think you already have that built in. But those are sort of the steps in how uh, even a small town funeral director would embrace um, embrace the, the tools it's like it's not always about tools and uh, I like to say if you lead with the tools you might look what, like one <laughs> so so instead you know lead with the idea of connecting with human beings and if, if it's through the tools if that's how you need to do it through the online tools then uh, they're that's what they are they're tools but otherwise connections um, they're evolving, but they'll fundamentally always be the same. Yeah, that it's the connections that are important, and you just have to, depending on where you are, um, use the ones that are that are going to work in that area. And it, and it could also be a combination of the two, right? Even that small town, um, you know, person who goes to the uh, you you know goes to the play, they could. They could then afterwards, so they were there in person, but then come back and, you know, tweet about it, write a little review, maybe post a couple of pictures up on Facebook or something like that. Just so even, you know, they're, they're sharing their experience, but, but also, uh, you know, they're, they're also showing that, uh, they're a good community partner and, and, uh, you know, they're out supporting and without, without saying, Hey, look, I went to the play last night kind of thing, right? You just kind of, it's a little bit more subtle. Yeah, yeah. Well, and helping promote other businesses also helps, right? So it's that whole um, contributing to the community, right? I talk about woofy deposits and deficit and, and withdrawals. Okay. And so, so, so one of the 
you know, the pieces to whether you're in a small town or in a big center, uh, what kind of deposits can you make into your Wolfie account? How many people can you help? How many people, you know, other businesses, that sort of thing? Um, how many people can um, you contribute to? So even if you're on Twitter and you just see somebody that you're following and follows you back, come by and, you know, ask about the best sandwich in Manhattan, they're there for the day and you know that, well... That's a way of depositing into your Wolfie Bank is just being helpful as a human being, not even from like a business level of things. So, you know, I was just it just occurred to me, uh, and I don't know if this is going to uh, sound offensive or not. And I don't totally don't mean it that way. But um, a couple years back, there's this game that we play uh, sometimes at geeky conferences called um, uh, oh, what is it called? Well, it's, anyways, the, the the point of it is that the audience comes up with a whole bunch of crazy words and they mash those words together and give each team um, like a, uh, a company name made out of two words. And those two words, uh, you need to come up with like a business plan and a bit of a layout and what you're going to do and how you're going to make money with it, right? Mm-hmm. Well, at one point, it was at, like afterlife Twitter. <laughs> was what this one group got. And, and you know, we all had um, a good giggle over the fact that they, you know, they were talking about how do you tweet from the afterlife and stuff like that. But it occurred to me just now that there's, you know, it would be actually an interesting business to uh, create, a, not, not necessarily a social network, uh, but some sort of uh, great place where you could actually pull and aggregate um, a loved one's content mm-hmm. and create that story of their lives and it's there uh, online forever and you have this great rich uh, story there where you have the photos intermixed with the tweets, intermixed with blog posts, you know, that sort of thing, videos, like this beautiful um, homage basically online and that, that's something you could, you know, get a unique URL and print that on um, the program, right, that people can go when they want to remember that person or get to know that person if they don't know, if they didn't know them, you know, very, like, super well over the last couple of years. And I haven't seen anything, like, it's like people don't want to deal with uh, the mortality issue in online networks, right? Mm -hmm. Um, But, yeah, I mean, that would probably be a pretty... uh, pretty interesting uh, service yeah like yeah there isn't any place that actually is a a collage of all their online profiles that is kind of still in that organic kind of state right it's a lot more where you can maybe take photographs and and publish them to another online memorial site and but that becomes its own it doesn't have that um it's it's not fully aggregating the actual live stuff or like the actual verbatim tweets or that type of thing. Yeah. Um, so yeah, no, there 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 is um, opportunities, and I'm sure you know with you know there should be a way of aggregating that, as you mentioned earlier, you know something like Blurb or something like that. That mm-hmm. um, um, you know maybe that that could be something where that can all get pulled together and um, 
Neat. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I'm just these are. Um, I don't know. Maybe I'm forcing, uh, facing my own mortality lately, or, or something. But I've actually thought about these sort of things a lot. Like, is is every day I'm. And there's a beautiful quote uh, by David Weinberger, one of the authors of the Kalutrain Manifesto, that he uh, that I heard years and years ago. Um, we're writing our histories one blog post at a time is the quote and um, you know this was I think back in 2004 he was speaking at an international library association or something and uh, I just you know when I heard that it's it really um, opened up this new thought pattern for me is that yeah, we are. We are. We are creating our histories one blog post or one tweet or one Flickr photo or one YouTube video or whatever, right? At a time. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, you know, a lot of people in this in this next generation, my son's generation, everybody that's coming up behind us, that's how they've lived their lives, right? And um, creating this rich picture, this rich story of of who who we are for the first time in history and um, you know if you think about it history has been written by those that previously right has been written by those that have the means to publish it right or have the influence to have their stories spread so quite often you know kings and noblemen and uh, like people with privilege, right? Mm-hmm. So there are very few stories that would come out from, um, uh, you know, poor neighborhoods, poor areas, and uh, come out from, uh, you know, just middle class struggling people, right? It, the Most of the content, unless you're a freedom fighter, right, uh, was, was produced by those with... with elite status privilege but today anybody pretty much can um, write their history online as it happens pretty much right and Mm -hmm. so we're seeing things like um, lots of blogs about homelessness people that are homeless like with with either they that they're homeless and they have a laptop and they just go find wi-fi Mm-hmm. Or they're homeless and they go to the library and find a computer and they are writing their blog. So the story of of this experience of the world, story of students' experience, of entrepreneurs' experience, of mothers' experience, of fathers' experience, like all these rich, rich stories. And um, that sort of thing just fascinates me. How do where do we take that? And I and I would imagine that. Um, your industry would be the perfect um, industry to advocate for um, um, preserving these stories going forward. And how do you make these stories uh, a rich uh, view of history, you know, as we go forward? Yeah, it's like, um, you know, now everyone has their kind of their autobiography rough draft right we're yeah. we're we're working on that all the time uh, although we don't know it <laughs> but then you know when whether you're alive or not at a certain point you can then look back or other people could look back at 
a glimpse of your last 10 years or 20 years or, or what have you. And it's, it's kind of been all there. There's, you know, a lot of quotes, a lot of, um, you know, the specific dates and things like that. And, um, yeah, it, something, you know, going back to that, uh, to aggregate all that. And, and also too, um, like the, for genealogy, like there, there's probably going to be like a tie in there, right? Cause that's, I think genealogy will, will change in 20 years, not only when someone kind of searches for information about a relative, mm-hmm. you know, once they find that, it, they're not just going to be able to find out, you know, where they were born, where they went to school and, you know, who they married. <laughs> yeah. And then, you know, kind of where they died kind of thing, right? Yeah. They're going to, they're going to be able to kind of go deep and, and find out, you know, find out things. And, 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 and the other thing too, that I think is always really neat is, um, especially on Facebook is when, you know, I'm looking at friends and who, who our mutual friends are. I'm like, how do you know that person? So, you know, like that can be, you know, that's another kind of little gold mine that people will be able to find out. Like, you know, who was, who was my dad like connected with or, um, that type of thing. So anyway, yeah, <laughs> Tara, this has been great. Um, you know, we've, we've yeah, gone so off, right? down this like totally different path, but this is the stuff that, you know, and I don't, I don't know if this is going to be my presentation or if I'm just going to, talk with people while I'm at the conference a lot about this but it's for me I just think there's huge opportunity here and um, it really does get to the essence of what's so important in these in these communities and so important about what the the sort of the revolution I guess that's happening right now around the internet right that people actually uh, it's accessible for anybody um, or you know pretty much accessible. I mean, there's, of course, still a bit of a digital gap that exists uh, in North America and around the world, for sure. Um, but most people, it's totally accessible for them to create that legacy for uh, that will live on forever. Mm-hmm. Um, I just think, you know, when I was asked to speak, I was like, first of all, yeah, like I said, blown away and like, oh, well, what do I have to contribute? But it really is one of the things that you know, at my core I I'm passionate about is is giving everybody the opportunity to um to be famous for fifteen people or whatever they call it, right? Mm-hmm. Everybody has the opportunity to get be heard, to get to be special, to to be important, to to have have their voices like um have themselves remembered and their voices heard so for sure well hey tara this it just sounds this has been a great a great chat i'm sure people's minds are are going to be buzzing if they've um if they stuck with us this long and 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 that's great and and we can also um you know we're the great thing is we can continue this on at the uh at the convention too because not only you have your your presentation, but um, we're going to have that open panel with uh, with Zay Frank and yeah. and yourself and and myself plus the uh, the ICCFA Next Generation um, Committee. So um, I think yeah, I think that's going to be great, and I'm sure it'll be a kind of a continuation and and maybe 
uh, between now and then, I will for sure kind of maybe look back at my notes and kind of refine some either some thoughts or or, or some questions on uh, you know taking taking this conversation a little further. Excellent. Well, I can't wait. I'm I'm really looking forward to this. Plus, I love San Antonio as far as a um, uh, city goes. San Antonio is so beautiful and such is it's so alive. I think it's you know part of that being like right on the border of Mexico. So it's, I don't know. Have you spent any time there? Yeah, I've been I've been there a couple times. So uh, I was just there a couple months ago, and and then I was there about a year ago. So it is yeah, it's neat, and everything is so. Uh, um, it's so close too, right? You you yeah. kind of walk around along the um, you know along river the river wild, there yeah. and and run into people and and things. So yeah, it's gonna be um, it's gonna be great. Yeah, yeah, excellent. Well, I look forward to it. Well, great. Well, any uh, any last comments before I let you go, Tara? Uh, no, other than like I can't wait to see everybody um, at the at the annual conference and meet people and have conversations. I'm sure that will blow my mind. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and, uh, yeah, and I can't wait to be on the panel with yourself and Zay. I think that should be a really interesting combination. Well, awesome. Well, I, yeah, I'm looking forward to it too. And, um, and I'll see you there. Excellent. Well, I'd like to thank Tara Hunt, author of The Woofy Factor, who will be presenting Building Your Social Network with Social Capital at ICCFA's annual convention that is going to be held in San Antonio from March 10th to 13th. For more information and registration details, visit www.iccfa.com. And if you're going to be attending the convention, make sure that you or one of your team members brings your laptop and joins me for our technology track workshop, where we'll walk you through all the steps of getting your firm leveraging the power of Facebook, YouTube, and some of the other online social resources. Check back next Tuesday for another Tech Track Tuesday ICCFA pre-conference interview. On behalf of the Funeral Gurus, this is Robin Heppel.